30 Nerdy's presenting sponsor and the home of all of the official 30 Nerdy swag is Advertising Expressions. Juice, what would Superman be without the big S on his shirt? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about Iron Man? What, what if he couldn't slap that Stark Industries logo on everything? You know, Clark and Tony, they probably go to Advertising Expressions, like us, for all their advertising needs. Oh, yeah. And so should you. And when you need your own symbol, like for work, church, school, a team of super friends maybe, check out Advertising Expressions. They can help you get your name and logo in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. That's right. So whether you're a billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, or faster than a speeding bullet, check out Advertising Expressions at advertising-expressions.com. Or give them a call at 423-586-3270. And tell them the nerds at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. What's up, nerds and nerdettes? Welcome to part one of our fantastic fourth season finale. Um, but no worries. We have been picked up for a fifth. I know y'all have been worried, but don't worry. We will be back. I'm your host, the Duke of Nerds, the sweet tea of the nerdy South, and joined by the co-host, the podfather of 30 and Nerdy. The juice is loose, people. He's freshly squeezed. Dr. Davis. Mm-hmm. What's up, juice? Hey, hey, hey. Living the dream, baby. How's it going? Oh, you know, the same as I was last week. No. Sitting, laying, waiting, waiting, wishing, Um, hoping and praying. A lot of wishing, a lot of hoping. So I had my uh, last week after we recorded, I think. Yeah. Everything's a blur. Um, Yeah, I was. I had uh, uh, another checkup and... It was, it was great. Things are great. But it wasn't ideal news. What I was sold on what would be a three to four week period is now going to be a six to eight week period. So another month of no work, icing, resting, being patient, as he said. Uh, yeah, he actually even like what was crazy is like, Mom went decided to go back with me because Peyton's in Charleston right now getting some training for a job with the Air Force. And she's been my nurse. And Tuesdays are extremely busy for Maddie. So mom was like, I'll take a day off from watching the kids. It'll be good to see Demorney because he did her Achilles. And so she went back with me. And when he put two and two together, on who my mom was, he went, oh, no wonder you waited so long to get something done. It's like, yeah, yeah, it runs in the family, you know. And uh, he looked at her and he said, Carolyn, I have, I have never seen something so bad as when I opened your son's foot. We had no idea how bad it was. Like, I knew that something had pushed his toe out of place and, like, I was going to everything I was going to have to do. But I did not know that there would be a sack of rocks of gout crystals sitting at the bottom of your son's foot. And in all these joints, he's like, it added an extra hour to his surgery, just 
cleaning all that out. Did they at least bag them up and let you take them home as a no, souvenir? Apparently, hospitals don't do that kind of stuff anymore. And I even asked him, if you, did you take pictures or film it? He said, oh, no, 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 because I didn't have you sign a waiver before. I said, I would have signed it to search on YouTube. Look at this 33-year-old's foot surgery. I yeah. would have probably signed it. He said, I've never seen anything like it in my 30-plus years of doing this. He's like, and you're 33. That's it's like sad. He's like, no, it's scary. Um because I wouldn't say you're massively unhealthy. Right. And I was like, well, no. And he was like, I'm sure you think it's very unfair. I was like, I do. I do think it's very unfair, Doc. But he said, but here's the thing you're going to have to be more patient on, is I had to break the left side of your foot and your toe. I had to break and repair and screw in. You've got screws there. Mm -hmm. It'll be longer before you can go back to do what your job is i was like how long another week he said no i'm putting your next post up september 20th and we'll talk about going to work then oh man i went oh my god what am i gonna do obviously the everybody's been like it'll be okay brian's been brian and vicky have just been amazing at tennessee legend um i can't say enough without getting emotional how how great they've been and and amazing of a company they've been um they're great people to not just check in on me but lift me up and and, and help me and be patient with me um mm -hmm. goes to show uh, that they're a good company and uh so a whole nother month of of waiting and being patient which is you know, you love that. You love well, those things. I, I, and we made a joke like Maddie came to swim today and we got to spend a little time at the pool. I can get in the water, but I can't kick. He doesn't want me kicking. So I floated and uh, I said, you know, the running joke growing up being Tyler was that he was very leisure and he loved to sit and he, he took his own time and he loved to lay and sit and watch and binge and play games and i was like when it was in my control i said but this is miserable even for me who's like yeah i'd love to have a couple of days and not having to be asked to do anything and just play bioshock again but dude this sucks like a month more i was like i, I, I it blows so much and it, it i hate it but i tell you i don't regret it because uh I mean, it's just going to be worth it in the end. Looking at how straight my toe is now, because uh, the bandage is off, I won't I won't stick the foot up in the computer and show you. Oh, please. Um, but it's healing well. Uh, so, you know, we're just going to smile and trust the process, as our old coach Butch Jones would say at Tennessee. And uh, brick by brick, uh, this foot will get better, and I'll be kicking and having backyard wrestling matches in no time. Uh, yeah. So, so it'll be worth it. How has school been? School has been great. I am in the midst of high school musical with a group of about 70 kids, which has, has been uh, a little overwhelming some days, mm -hmm. uh, considering when you have a stage that is only a certain size and you're trying to fit 70 people onto it uh you know it's it's something uh but we're gonna get there we, we've still got some time several months literally before the show opens yeah. but uh 
excited to return to the stage after a long, long hiatus. I, you know, didn't anticipate that that would be happening, but anything for my kiddos. So uh, mm. High School Musical, December 8th, 9th, and 10th at Jefferson County High School. Be there or be square. That's about all I can say for now. <laughs> I will have to say that, you know, I know you have 10 more, uh, about 12 more people than we did in 07 when we did it on West High stage. But luckily, Jeff County was bigger. <laughs> it's a bigger stage than West High's. Yeah. But you have 12 more people. We're going to make it work. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see it, man. I hope that if, if I'm able to, I know that, you know, there's a lot of new protocols for school yeah. and all that. I, I, I'd love to stop by and, and impart my Chad Danforth knowledge on this, the kiddos. But if not, I can't wait to see them. Uh, there's something about, and like, we're 33 now, and we both have, have been in that East High world of you did the sequel on stage. I did the first one in 2007, and I directed it in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cheesy. It's campy. It's Disney. It's Disney's modern Greece, or Romeo and Juliet, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. But there's something about the energy that this show brings to the table. Yeah, say what you want about High School Musical, and I have never been a High School Musical fan, but when you are in the midst of, you know, directing, producing, whatever you want to say, something like this, you have to be invested in what you're doing, and and you sort of grow to love it, at least for that that period of time that you're working on it, and man, the music in this show, really, a lot of it is is very beautiful. Um, Oh, yeah. And some of it, man, it's there. This soundtrack is a is a banger, as the kids say. Oh, um, and I, I've got to say this too. Like Kenny Ortega did it right. I, I'll yeah, and it's challenging me as as a director, uh, in a lot of ways. And there's this number in the show called "Stick to the Status Quo." It's a monster. And I think that in all my years, I've been directing since I was like 19 or 20 years old. Actually, earlier than that, if you count high school, I've been doing this for a long time. And I think this is probably the most challenging uh, piece of a show that I've ever had to try to put together. Mm -hmm. So we're we're we've been working on it for over a week and we're probably halfway through it. We, We got a long way to go, but. Well, having 70 kids who've never done this, a lot yeah. of them have never done anything like this before. It, 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 it it's a lot, but when well, we'll I can get say, as someone who has directed this, now we, we have something in common. We both directed this monstrous high school musical show. One of the stories that'll stick out that you'll tell moving forward years from now is the stories of those people who HSM was their first show. Mm-hmm. And the growth you'll see in them and the energy you'll see them put out and the love they'll find for it. Cause like it doesn't take much to know that yes, it's a campy Disney show. Right. But what they'll find in it, like I still remember some of the stuff that like you remember uh, a former student of ours who I saw him not too long ago. He's like 19, 20 now. Um, Jacob Overton, little Jacob. Yeah. yeah. Still talks to this day. Yeah. about his first has never done a show since but his time on stage in that show and like and i'm like that's that's why we do it 
Yes, it is. That's, that's exactly why. And the excitement and the, the basketball number and it's it's uh, it's great. My my work partner, uh, who's the uh, music director, uh, when we announced the show in the spring, we were very nervous about it because when it was kids knew that it was a possibility we did like a little reveal board and it was on the board and there were a lot of kids who were groaning and rolling their eyes about it and oh, I don't want to do that and now that we're in the midst of it they are so excited they are so into it um and they're just all about it so we want them over or high school musical want them over whichever uh but I'm I'm very excited and working with kids is uh it's what I it's what I'm on this planet to do um, and, and to help them shine and gain confidence. This is why I am on this earth. I know, yeah. I know that for a fact. So I'm doing what I love and what I was meant to do. And I'm instilling this love, hopefully, <laughs> into uh, other kids so that one day yeah. they'll pass it on. And I'm, I'm proud to say we've already had two or three kids who have said, you know, we, we want to teach theater one day. We want to do this. Yeah. So. So it's great. Well, well, the sad thing is, is, is especially with like these titles, like an, a high school musical or some of the other cheesy campy Disney stuff, there comes a perception yeah. in our society. And to see the work that you do and the work that your kids are going to do to slowly break that perception that's been given to them, mm-hmm. it's going to be reward enough. I mean, you're going to see people who were rolling their eyes in the spring, like you said, are now happy to be doing it. Yeah. And, and that's and that's all that, you know, sometimes we ask is, you know, try this thing, this world that we call theater. And I guarantee you some of the perceptions will disappear. Yep. And you might not do it for the rest of your life, but you'll remember it and you won't hate it. And I say that like even the kids who aren't doing productions with me just in my like intro class. Yeah. Um, day one, I'm like, yo, the ideas that you have and, and the stereotypes and all that that you've got in your head about this. Leave it at the door, man, because you wouldn't believe the types of kids who've come through my room with the attitude of, oh, yo, theater's not my thing or whatever. Kids with the luscious mullets and the, the football kids and the basketball kids. And then they leave like, man, can we stay for, the, for another semester? We don't want to go. We, we love this. So the bonds that you form through theater, uh, I mean, we, that's why you and I are still together oh, yeah. after all these years. Yeah. So. You know, it's really something special. And just it to is. be able to, to see that and, and sort of pull the strings and make that happen on a daily basis is just such a blessing. And uh, I can't say enough about it. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm glad. We're, we're excited to come see it. Uh, so we got a little bit of nerdly news. And uh, before we get to that, uh, we had a special guest uh, that we got to sat, sit down with in this part one of our finale. And I thought about this. Is she our first time returning guest? Is she the only person who we've had on twice as far as yes, this goes? She's our first returning guest. I mean, other than like Peyton and oh, yeah. Rev and stuff like that. Yeah. But like, she's our you know, first outside. returning official guest and more official now than when we first talked to her. And we'll talk about that in the, in the interview. But Beth yes. Crowley joined us again. And uh, that interview is going to be. Uh, a little later after the nerdly news before we get to our what this these next couple episodes are going to be about Uh, and I just got to say it is always a joy even if it's just texting her you know like asking her her availability or seeing her posts on Instagram or or 
liking something or, or sharing something with her, it's always a joy to talk with Beth Crowley. She's I one of us, man. She, she's one of the, she's one of the herd. Mm-hmm. She is definitely one of the herd. Uh, but before we get to that, we're going to discuss a little nerdly news without getting too in detail about the craziness that's going on at Warner Brothers. We're just going to talk a little bit about one negative thing and one positive thing. That's, that's how I, I like that. This. I initially yeah. had this entire layout of I was just going to stand, sit here and berate Warner Brothers and DC and all that. But let's start with the negative. More delays and pushbacks in the film uh, industry. They have uh, DC's EU's new updated schedule is now been pushed to 2023 shazam fury of the gods shazam yeah blue beetle and aquaman and the lost kingdom so that's their 2023 slate uh we still obviously have a sequel to the batman and the joker to look forward to but more pushbacks and we discussed uh before we recorded that a lot of it is a business discussion um avatars being re-released soon which even if you've seen it a hundred times and even if you're like me, you, you know, you're not in love with it. it a lot of people are still going to go re-see it in the theaters because it is a beautiful spectacle of a movie. Yeah. Um, despite the fact that it's Fern Gully. Pocahontas. Uh, retold. It's a beautiful movie. It is. And the sequel comes out this year and I wouldn't go up against it either. Especially no. if I had the DCIP and the last 10 years have been rough for DC. I wouldn't go up against it either. And a lot of that is because the new owners are reshuffling. And we obviously already just talked about the cancellation of Batgirl, which the, the head honchos of Warner and the actors and all that, they are doing a, what do they call it? A funeral screening for Batgirl. So the cast is going to get together in the big wigs and, and some media people will be invited to watch Batgirl at a theater. A wouldn't that full screening? Wouldn't that be kind of awkward though? If like you're one of these people who spent all this time and effort and energy into making this thing, and oh, oh well, we're deep. just not oh, gonna deep. do anything with it. But hey, come watch it. Like, wouldn't you be a little miffed about that? Oh, uh, if I, I don't Keaton or the girl playing Batgirl, I would not show. I don't think I would either. I mean, I'd be curious. Like, I'd want to see my work, but at the same time, like, stick it to the man, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's like, it just feels like an insult. Like, yeah. you Consolation. call this a funeral screening, like, what of, of something I worked my butt on. So it's just like, it doesn't make any sense. Send me a quick time attachment. I'll watch it at home. I'll watch it. I'll show my entire family. Um, so the good news is, though, it seems that DC's Kevin Feige uh, avatar, I guess, no pun intended, has been found in Dan Lin, who is in talks to take control of film TV for the DC superhero arm. Now, he has been attached to the live action Aladdin Lego movie and it horror movies. Oh, OK. CEO uh, David Zaslav, who was the CEO that kind of kicked everybody to the curb, he was Discovery CEO when they bought out Warner Media or whatever, um, is basically finally replacing Walter Hamada with this young up-and-comer who loves comics and has 
more success on his side mm. than failure. So I'm going to look at that as the positive aspects of all. The Lego movie is a gem. It is. It really is. It's great. And the It movies were great. Considering how I usually feel about reboots, um, Mm -hmm. I was a fan of the It reboots. Uh, Considering how I feel about the horror genre, uh, (laughs) I really, you know, I, I really loved them. They're not something I'm going to like, you know, watch repeatedly or anything yeah. like that. But I, I enjoyed the experience. I will say that one uh, move that the um, this new CEO has done is the Evil Dead 5. The script has been done by Campbell and Ramey, and they're also producing it. He did move it from being an HBO Max movie to actually coming to the cinema. We'll get to watch an Evil Dead in the movie theaters because of this guy. Okay. That's all I can say about. All the insanity going on at Warner right now is just uh, maybe there's some greener pastures coming and you got to go through hell to get to heaven sometimes. And the last decade for DC has been hell. So for the most part, yeah. But moving on to some more positive news, uh, Bioshock movie has finally found its director. Who's it going to be? It is going to be. Francis Lawrence, known for his work on Constantine, I Am Legend, and Catching Fire. Okay, that's promising. He also is bringing on to write the script Michael Green, who worked on Logan and Blade Runner 2049. Ooh. So my initial belief of the Bioshock franchise for the years that we've had a podcast and that any time... It's been brought up is I think a TV show would work better because it's such a a long game that you can play with just the first game. Yeah. All of Rapture in that first game, all the stories, all the bosses, you know, all the I felt that it would work better in a show. But as long as we're getting some Bioshock IP, I may be a shill enough to think I don't care how bad it might be. I'm going to go see it multiple times. I love it. Yeah, bro, I'll I'll definitely see it. Um, I I don't have the same love for those games that you do. I but I do love them. I do enjoy them. So uh, I, I'm all in. And but I'm I think I'm on the same page as you. I think a show would give oh. you a lot more opportunity. Like you could have two or three different story arcs throughout the series with each of those featured villains and bosses that that you encounter. So. Well, and the thing, the crazy thing is, is the way I kind of would write it out is like, okay, if you look at just the first Bioshock game, if you did three or four seasons per game, let's say three seasons per game, you got nine to ten seasons of content under the Bioshock title. Yeah. But if you're just doing one, you could get four to five seasons out of it because I'm playing back through it right now. Uh, if you go to our YouTube channel, I've been doing this play along through the first Bioshock. There's a lot of little villains that you kind of forget about. I know like the greater Atlas and Andrew Ryan and Fontaine story is, is like the big one. But like there's like Peachy and then there's this guy in uh, Arcadia. And then there's the the guy in the Sander Cohen. That's his name. That's weird Sander Cohen character. It, you could, if you played the long game with it, it could be a great show. What was it we learned about our new friend Armin Shimmerman? He did what voice in uh, Bioshock? Yeah, we uh, and I was sitting there, dumbfounded, not thinking whatsoever. 
that this man's the voice to Andrew Ryan, and I didn't say a thing about it. Because I, sh- I could have happily been like, could you, as Andrew Ryan, say... Oh, if we had known at the time... To 30 and 30 podcast, I'm Andrew Ryan. Ugh. I wish we had known or thought of it or whatever at the time. Yeah, that Get Gigi great. on the phone. We got to redo this Got thing. Gigi, we need him back. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I'm excited for that. Like The guy who's writing the script and the guy who's helming the project, they've got some, some quality background, so... I put my faith in them. I hope it works out. I really do. That's the only little bit of gnarly news I wanted to discuss. Uh, We are going to switch our gears and we're going to have our our amazing interview with the one and only, the now official, Beth Crowley. They're creepy, kooky, mysterious, and spooky. And they're coming to Encore Theatrical Company this October. The Adams Family, a comical feast that embraces the wackiness in every family, features an original story, and it's every father's nightmare. Wednesday Adams, the ultimate princess of darkness, has grown up and fallen in love with a sweet, smart young man from a respectable family, a man her parents have never met. And if that wasn't upsetting enough, Wednesday confides in her father and begs him not to tell her mother. Now, Gomez Adams must do something he's never done before. Keep his secret from his beloved wife, Morticia. Everything will change for the whole family on the fateful night they host a dinner for Wednesday's normal boyfriend and his parents. The Adams Family, the next installment in Encore's Young Star series, runs October 7th through the 16th at Encore's new home at Oak Tree Plaza, 1570 Buffalo Trail in Morristown, Tennessee. For tickets to this show or season tickets for the remainder of this season, go to etcplays.org or call 423-813-8331. Encore Theatrical Company believes in the power of the arts, and if you come check out what Encore has to offer, we're certain you will too, because it's not just theater, it's Encore. 30 and Nerdy Podcast is brought to you by Tennessee Legend Distillery. Established in the summer of 2015, Tennessee Legend Distillery is more than just another moonshine stop in the Smoky Mountains. From our multi-award-winning, silky-smooth, salted caramel whiskey to our King Snake two-year-old bourbon whiskey, our local favorite vodka, and even our legendary line of cream liqueurs, there is something for everyone. Focusing on a small-town vibe, our family and friend-owned and operated business has kept us grounded to the heritage of the volunteer state with our fun, courteous, smiling staff. Come in for free tastings and leave with your spirit of choice, whether it be Richard's Damn Good Gin or the legendary Hammershine. You can find us on social media by searching Tennessee Legend Distillery, where you can see behind-the-scenes features, new deals, and our always fan-favorite Thirsty Thursday cocktail recipes. Now we do have two locations here in Sevierville, one on Highway 66, one on Newport Highway. We also have locations in Cookville and Nashville. If you do visit our Sevierville location located at 870 Winfield Dunn Parkway, tell them the guys at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. You'll receive a free shot glass and 15% off your purchase. What are you waiting for? Come be a legend at Tennessee Legend Distillery. Cheers to you, nerds. 
My name is Paige, and I'm the host of Reverie True Crime. Reverie means to daydream, but even daydreams can turn into nightmares. Join me as I tell you haunting and horrific reveries about missing people and senseless murders. I also interview survivors and people seeking justice for themselves or a loved one. New episodes come out every Monday morning, and sometimes you'll get bonus episodes on Thursdays. Wherever you're listening to this current podcast right now, you can find Reverie True Crime. Hi, I'm Vixen Valiant, otherwise known as Valiant Fox, and you're listening to 30 and Nerdy. What's up, nerds and nerdettes? We're back with one of our favorite guests we've ever had, Beth Crowley. And returned to the show. And so much has happened in almost a year since, Mm -hmm. completely since we we last spoke. And it's insane, like, when you think, like, oh, it's a year, it's such a long time. It really hasn't felt like it. But you've had so much happen for you just since we last talked uh so before we get into all that how have you been (laughs) like how's life i'm just you know just hustling hard i guess i um you know still just been putting out a ton of music i know you had said like you know let's let's go over like what you've you know have you put anything out i'm like i've put out just all the things um yeah i mean i just have been on the cycle of releasing kind of on average a new song every month and um that definitely keeps me busy. What's the most recent one that that you've released? So the most recent one is um, called "If I'm Being Honest" and <sighs> Ted Lasso. Yes, it's it's inspired by Ted Lasso. So it's it's like for such a you know beautifully like um, wholesome show. It's it's like I took the saddest aspect of mm-hmm. it. And I was like, let's do a song about this, but um. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the most recent one. And then I've got another, um, I, I just, I don't know, I guess I decided to do two like bummer songs in a row. So I've got another sad one coming out in a couple weeks, but, um, but yeah, but that was kind of my latest, like based on something song was the, the Ted Lasso one. I can't recall if we talked about it um, and what we released in the recording or if it was off the air, uh, but we talked about that, that blue check. Uh, yeah. on social media and oh I, I think gosh. at the time that we talked last time you didn't have the blue not check yet. right no. No, but now not. as we speak beth crowley has the blue check next to the her name on social media the, the, I, I am i finally have the validation that i so desperately constantly need <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's such a like it's such a weird thing because you like you can apply for it through instagram and you're just like basically saying like, yes, I am me. 
I mean, you send them like, you know, a copy of your, your driver's license. And um, I don't know, you're trying to like prove that like you are somebody that people would potentially imitate um, or do like, you know, accounts to the point where people might get confused of which one is like actually you. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I did, I like, man, I, I, you can reapply every 30 days and every 30 days I was like, promise that's me. And, you know, they'd be like, we don't believe you. And I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so finally with my um, distribution company, that's the one that like actually gets my music out to all the streaming services and stuff. I like, I have a rep over there and I, I had talked to them and was just like, do you know anything about this process? Because what I've been hearing is that you have to like pay for it now. Like they're gatekeeping it to the point where it's like, you know, like you, I don't know, meet up with somebody in back alley and it's like, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll get you verified, but it's going to cost you. Um, and so I emailed them and I was just like, do you know anything about this? Is this true at all? Um, and they were like, we've heard of it, but we like, we should be able to get you verified. And I was like, I mean, I'm not going to hold my breath because I've been trying to do this for a really long time but they made it happen and just I mean I feel so, I feel so legit like none of the other things that I have done like all of the music I've released I'm like no now I'm an artist like now now I've made it well so. congratulations that's Thank that's you. that really is a big deal so we're super happy for you thank you um that's great in a world of of like especially with these days and, and I don't want to you know speak down of anyone who's become famous through like TikTok or or when Vine was around you know I still think it's fame even if they're not John Krasinski that they still have millions of followers and they're getting paid yeah. to do it it's a professional job you know but like it's such a massive world now YouTube social media platforms, TikTok, content creating, cosplay content creating. It's such a massive world. It's become, it's gone from being this little fishbowl of a world to an aquarium. Mm -hmm. So much. And there's so much out there. And it's like, but not all of them are, got that blue check. They might have the followers and, and all this content, but there is something to say about the official blue check. I had such a good time, like making jokes about it where I'm like, cause I, I found out about it right before I had like a couple days where I was recording. Um, and I was like, just purposely so obnoxious about it. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know, we'd be working. You have the something. right to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, and like, I've known Daniel who is my producer forever. So like, he, you know, he, it's, he, he knows that I'm not actually a diva, yeah. but you know, I would, I would be like, I'd be like, I don't know, maybe that was good enough before I got a blue check but <laughs> so yeah so I really milked it for all it was worth it's so. sort of bizarre to me that you know I, I spend my day with with teenagers right and they know people who have the blue checks because of the TikTok and Twitter and you know all that stuff they know those names more so than like mainstream actors from movies and tv shows and stuff like that and it just blows my mind so like this is a huge deal. So like if I walk into school this week, I'm like, hey, guys, guess what I did over the weekend? I talked to someone with a blue check by their name. They'd be like, whoa, you know, so it's a huge deal. So, again, congrats. That's that's huge. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird feeling when it's like I'm not doing anything differently, but just like, you know, except for like having this honor bestowed upon me. I'm like, it doesn't change. Like, I'm not doing anything like more or different or better. I just, you know, I just have that like powerful little blue stamp of, you know, 
I mean, I definitely, I don't know if you've watched Taylor Tomlinson's stand-up specials. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. so you know, so you know the part where she's like, "Am I better than everyone?" And I definitely, <laughs> like, definitely uh, was was putting out some of that. Like, am I better than everyone? <laughs> Her quarter life crisis one that was on Netflix early pandemic, I quoted it so mm-hmm. much, and people would just be like, "We've seen it." I'm like, "Oh, I know," but it's good like let me yeah. just remind you about it let me just remind yeah. you that's what makes it so we can have this inside joke where i can say that line and you'll be like yes i recognize yes. like I the reference so uh beth you said that you're trying to you know release a different song every month we talked about the ted lasso song which was one of those gut-wrenching heartfelt like i actually just listened to it uh like in the last hour and I was yeah. like, oh, you know, you really feel that one. You said the next one that you're working on is also sort of a heart-wrenching song. Yeah. Is that one, can you give us any sort of clues or little hints about, is it based on anything in particular or what? It's not. So it's not based on anything, but um, a lot of times with my stuff, so like my, you know, real life is not all that exciting. There's not lots of like dramatic fodder for songwriting. So a lot of times I just come up with these like, you know, what if I wrote a song from this perspective? So um, so this next one that's coming out, um, it's, it's basically like the struggle of, first of all, when, you know, you have this amount of time that like society thinks that you should get over something where it's like, okay, like this much time has passed, so you should be better now, right? Um, so it's kind of dealing with that and also dealing with like, you know, having somebody not in your life anymore and they seem to be doing fine. And you're like, well, I'm very much not fine. Like glad that you're great, but I'm having a hard time about it. Um, so yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's sad. It is sad, but I've got, I've got another, like my October release. I'm very excited about because I, I feel like if, if this isn't the like mental health anthem that everybody needs right now, I don't know what is. Um, Cause I'm very like open about, you know, mental health stuff on yeah. YouTube. And mm-hmm. so um, I came up with this line. Uh, I've always been a little sad, good thing they make a pill for that. Um, and so that serves as like the first line of this very just like tongue in cheek song about like, you know, I'm fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. So it's definitely a huge vibe shift from the like couplet of sad songs I had between if I'm being honest in this next one. And then October, I come out with like the, you know, so this we're fine, one, right? Like It's going to be like the exact opposite of happy. That song you yeah, did. Uh, yeah. uh, what? 20 before the pandemic. Classic. I love that. Song. Yep. I love that. Thank you so much. I love writing, like, I love writing, um, like, comedy into music. Um, so I've, I've definitely done a few songs that are just, like, full tilt, sarcastic comedy. And this is definitely one that is, like, super sarcastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, and then my last release for the year, I'm not sure if it's going to be November or December, but um, I won't give too much away, but I am uh, collaborating with somebody that I have collaborated with before um, that people really seem to enjoy. So I'm excited to um, reveal that. It's always so hard having all these things planned so far in advance because like, 
you get really excited about, you know, finishing something you're working on. Like, okay, great. Like, can't wait to, you know, have everybody hear this in four months. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, so it's always hard to just like sit tight and, and wait for the, like the projects that I'm excited about to come out, but that's kind of the last three of this year for me. Any yeah. chance you could uh, fill us in on like the title of the next one? Um, so the next one, uh, September 7th is when it, it comes out. It's called, how do you do it? Okay. How Mark do you do it? Mark your calendars folks. Yep. So you, you haven't started working on a song about Georgia being the national champions. You know, I feel like there's some things that are just like, so great that like <laughs> mere, you know, mere mortals cannot fully capture the so, so yes, I mean, if I can ever find the words, then maybe, okay. but I still am speechless. Uh, Tyler, is the, is the Tennessee Georgia game at home this year for us? Do you know? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't think we're so. between the edges this year. I'm okay. not going to talk trash. I'm not going to talk trash. I'm just going to to point to that natty statue and uh, let it speak for itself. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a uh, a joke the other day that said the last time in gas prices and inflation was this high was the last time that the Bulldogs won the <laughs> national championship. So obviously – them being champions aren't good for America. <laughs> I'm thinking so with that narrative. That's fine. Like I, I've been of the, you know, like everybody can say whatever they want to. Oh, it doesn't you, change anything. You have you have Georgia has waited and waited and waited. So being a, being a Georgia fan, especially being a like just really an SEC team fan that's oh, not uh, Alabama is very uh -huh. Like, yeah. I feel like we're all like kind of having the same like collective trauma as SEC teams yeah. if you're not Alabama, because it's just like, I mean, you just basically have to like defeat Goliath in order I don't, to. I don't even see what the fun is in being an Alabama fan. No. Because you always win. Like, what's. I like you know? stakes, you know? Like, I love being an underdog. It's not as exciting yeah. if you're like projected to win. Exactly. And, no. Yeah, I yeah. love I love a good underdog story, and you know, I was, we had another dog story. So I was very happy because I was like, God, someone finally dethroned Alabama. I was, well, it was like, like, all of the SEC East were just like, we did it. Yeah. It was so perfect because, like, you know, Alabama beat the pants off of us in the SEC championship. And it's like, you know, we have this whole thing where it's like redemption and like the walk on quarterback. And God, I mean, it was just like all of the stars aligned. Yeah, the gates of heaven cool. opened and shone down upon us. I mean, it was, it was <laughs> uh, chef's kiss. I saw something the other day. Uh, Nick Saban has signed on until like 2030 or something like that. So things probably aren't going to change. <laughs> too much uh, like, in the next few years. How old is he? That's what I said, right? I think 70, he's 70. 73, 74, seven, I think he's like 70, 70. Nice. I think I looked it up. Yeah. Old. He's old. That's a bold move. For, a foot, for a college football coach, he's old. <laughs> yeah. He's basically like, I'm, I'm, you know, going to do like eight more years of coaching college football and at 78, I'll finally be old enough to run for president. So. <laughs> you know what though? I would probably vote for him. I mean, I guess it depends on what his policies are, but 
I mean, he knows how to like. He knows how to win. He knows how to manage. Yeah. He doesn't know how to win. And he better know how to win for $10 million a year. So I'm just saying <laughs> a lot of pressure. So we talked about hurt. all this stuff coming out. Uh, you mentioned one thing, Stranger Things. What were your thoughts on the fourth season? I loved it. I loved it. Look, I know a lot of people, at least a lot of people that I talked to were like, I don't know, like uh, for the first couple episodes, we're kind of skeptical. And I'm like, the, the Duffer brothers, they, they have my trust. Yes. Um, they've not disappointed us yet. So I was like, I get that this is definitely a different vibe for the first couple of episodes, but I'm like, I trust them. Um, and I just thought it was fantastic. And it was really cool too, because Jamie Campbell Bauer has been in so many like very popular franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was actually, when they did the, the movie adaptation of um, The Mortal Instruments, which is the yes. book series that I wrote um, Warrior based off of, he was Jace in the movie. They never got a second movie. It didn't do great. Um, but so I've been like following his career you know, for all of that time. And it's really cool when somebody that like, you've been kind of like hanging with from the beginning, like has their moment and you're just like, I feel like such a hipster. I can say that I like liked him before it was cool. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're musical and Harry Potter fans. He was in both Sweeney Todd and Harry Potter. And people were like, Vecna, 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 number one number. I'm like, listen, (laughs) <laughs> longer than stranger things right? back in my day he was singing to a blonde girl on a balcony <laughs> when i was in high school joanna i mean uh, apparently you like i i was one of those people that i went and saw the twilight movies when they came out in the theaters and mm-hmm. then just never watched them again but i do remember that he was in like the later oh, twilight movies yeah too. he was one of the very mo- member he was one of the creep the creepy brother in the volturi yeah I'm like, he's just a, he just loves, he's just like popular franchise. Like I'm in. Hey, give me. So, I'm, no, I'm, I'm glad that he's having his moment because he was fantastic. And it was so, mm-hmm. it, like, it was so wild to know that that was him, that it mm-hmm. wasn't CGI. Yes. I saw a couple of videos of them like constructing, and I guess yeah. it's the same um, SFX people that did uh, the White Walkers for Game of yeah. Thrones. Yeah. So um, seeing just like how they created that and like how long it took for them to a- apply everything. And I just think that's wildly cool. One yeah. of the comparisons I saw was like, he physically looked like if Jim Carrey's Grinch shaved. With his hands on his hips, there's like a behind the scenes of him standing like this, waiting for the cameras to go. And someone put the side by side, and they were like, "Wait a second. That is hilarious. Hate, hate, hate. Double hate. Completely accurate. Yes. It was. It was. It was a great season. We got to meet Eddie, who, who, just like a lot of people in their one season off characters, grab our hearts, make mm-hmm. us fall in love, and you know that he's not going to make it because you've fallen in love with him in episode one and two, like Bob, mm-hmm. um, and, and even Billy." In season three to to a point you know you you started to feel for him you know and and one of the things the duffers say they regretted on on record is chrissy's stuff leading to her death was all filmed before the chrissy and eddie stuff together so they were like oh man their chemistry is really oh so good good. and darn we've already killed her we're not going to change it we can't go back and change everything so i mean it sucks 
that had happened. Um, who were some of your new favorites that popped out this season? I mean, obviously Eddie, Eddie's great. I mean, I'm still always like team Steve. I, I love Steve. And I also oh. love that he is somebody that he was like, he is the reason that they changed the character to not be this like one dimensional, like, mm-hmm. you know, jock. Yeah. You know, jerk. Like yeah. he was so charming. And so I just love the evolution of like, you know, he's like this like father, like weird father figure for Dustin. And yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I, Steve will have my heart. Um, Joe Carey yeah. is my number one pick to play the human torch in the uh, Fantastic Four. All right. Yeah. See that. I can pick yeah. that. I love the, the, at the end of this season when Robin's finally talking to the girl. Yes. And, and he's just, just like the proud papa, just, not smiling it's like god steve's come so far and i mean looking ahead we know five is it's fifth and final um but the duffers are they've got paid by netflix they're they're doing a spinoff series they're creating a a broadway play based on stranger things and uh they're doing the the death note live action sh- series so the Duffers are, are have gotten paid and they're going to be working what do you see happening in five gosh I mean I think they're going to have to actually kill off some main characters um I mean at this point we have like because it what ended on the like kind of collision between the upside down and the upside down has now kind of come into um Hawkins. our world I like I don't even want to speculate because anything I speculate is not going to be as good as what they're actually going to do um but as you know as team as team Steve though do you think he's going to make it because I'm thinking no I like I I feel like that is their way to redeem killing Eddie is to not kill Steve I feel like you would actually just have people rioting in the streets if they killed Eddie and then they kill Steve Let's hope you're right. I hope because so. I, I thought that he wasn't going to make it past this most recent season, and I was wrong about that. So I hope that I'm wrong again. Yeah, because uh, he's one of my favorites. He's like great. He's great, and I love I love that they like just like the little details. Like they, you know, took the expectation of like him and Robin getting together at the end of last season and completely flipped the script. And it could have been this like you know like weird moment where he kind of has a negative reaction to it and he just like so seamlessly slides into like sweet like you know i'm gonna well, now I'm be a wingman. cool yeah. yeah and i just i thought that was such a like cool twist that they did and um yeah i just uh steve. steve steve's the homie yeah definitely way more team steve and nancy this season like jonathan i didn't feel like was nobody cool. did i think yeah. yeah i don't know maybe that was by design i don't I could know be. They're smart guys. They know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. So speaking of spinoffs, um, Game of Thrones ended a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Most people not so happy with, with how it ended. You know, I've, I tried to defend it for a long time, but I've given up. <laughs> I've given up that fight. That's a, it's a losing battle. Um, but now we've got House of the Dragon, the yeah. story of the Targaryens. Have you have you seen it so far? Yes, saw the watched the first episode a couple of days ago, um, and kind of went into. I think the thing it has going for it is that like people kind of went in with very mild expectations, um, mm-hmm. because 
people were so unhappy with the last season of Game of Thrones, which I'm kind of right there with you. Like I definitely did not have the just like to the bone hatred that a lot of people, Mm -hmm. I'm like, look, Daenerys has been set up as like a complete, like, you know, she is about to snap at multiple times during this entire season. This is not surprising. Like she's the daughter of the mad King. Like- Don't want to wake the dragon. Right. I mean, this is, she has moments where she is like, she just proves that she is like cold. Um, So, I mean, as far as people like upset about that, I was like, they've been leading up to this for this entire story. Now there were certain things where it was like, you know, I I mean, I I was lukewarm about the like brand being the one ending up on the throne. I was just like, after all of that, like that just felt like, but then I was kind of, I always think about it too, where I'm like, it's gotta be so hard to come up with the finale for something that is like, people are just so invested in. And I feel like, I feel like there would have been very few ways that they would have pleased everybody. Um, And I also don't know, like, it's not like I have an alternative, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want to be one of these people that like craps on it. And it's like, but I don't have any better ideas. It it was definitely like, I can just say like, it was underwhelming. I Mm -hmm. totally get that. It was a little underwhelming. It was a lot underwhelming, but, but what else, what else could they have done? And Tyler and I are wrestling fans. And I think all the time, like if, wrestling that has been years and years and years of storylines and characters that have been built up if they had to just end it all in one night like all right this is the end of this whole decades long you know stories we've built there's no way they could end it and and make it good and make people happy you know people were so invested in game of thrones and and so just in love with it and invested in that world and those characters there was nothing that they could have done that that would have been pleasing to everybody and I mean, even when it comes to um, like Jamie and Brienne and like how he, you know, pieces out and ends up with Cersei, I'm like, that's honestly kind of realistic as far as like, sometimes people have these like great character development arcs and sometimes they just like you hope for the best and they just don't, they go back to what's like familiar and crappy for them. So I was like, I didn't like it, but I understood it. They had, I mean, I felt like they had to be together in the end. Yeah, I think the the biggest flaw, I think, was that it was just too rushed. They needed an extra, like, four episodes to really flesh out everything they were trying to do. Well, Um, I'm feeling that he wanted 10 seasons and D&D were who said, nah, we'll do it and we can do it in eight. Yeah. If you're creating now, because, like, we're we're past source material, Mm -hmm. if you're creating this, you, you can't let it fall because it doesn't come back on him we love his books and we're gonna read the next one where he does kind of do his ending Mm -hmm. but you guys you know lost a lot of clout yeah they had a franchise waiting for him at disney for star wars that got nixed because of the the backlash it's like i mean it's it's such a, a fascinating thing that i for something that was just like so like in pop like rooted in pop culture i mean that final season it's like everybody just does not talk about game of thrones anymore mm-hmm. like i've i've never seen something be such a pop culture phenomenon and fall off so hard right um so all that being said i mean i went into the house of the dragon with like managed expectations 
Um, and the first episode, I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm in this. I feel like it's nice that it's not a prequel really of any characters or anything that they had fleshed out in Game of Thrones. Like it's a prequel that I think they made a couple of allusions to these people, but nothing concrete. So they didn't like paint themselves into any kind of box. Like, you know, some of the like origin stories with Star Wars where it's like, well, you know where it's going to go. And so now you have to kind of retroactively fit these like stories to make sure it gets there. Like, I feel like they had more, um, you know, freedom and it, apparently so so far like i haven't read the source material but my husband has and he says it it's following it pretty closely so far mm-hmm. um but uh but yeah i mean i think it's i think there's enough interest and you don't have to do all of the world building again like the world is established um but you you know kind of have free reign of all of these characters to tell these stories that you know you don't necessarily have to funnel it to go in a particular direction I remember when Game of Thrones was at its height, you know, um, every Sunday, the excitement of what's going to happen on Game of Thrones. So I've got to say, like last Sunday, it was really cool to be back in that, like, oh, here we are, you know, we're back in Westeros and here's the Red Keep and King's Landing and all this stuff. And it's like it sort of felt very familiar and it felt good. And, and I'm all in. I'm really excited to see what happens. But I got to know, are, just in one episode, are you feeling any inspiration for any uh, music? Oh, gosh. Um, I ha- like, honestly, I had the thought had not occurred to me. But mm-hmm. um, people seem to really like Empire, which was based on Daenerys. So, right. um, you know, I-, I could definitely see that being a possibility, kind of depending on how the story goes. Uh, you could, you and now could, I'm just enjoying consuming it. You could right. title the song Matt Smith Can Do Anything. Yeah. Literally, the, the man can play any part. Um, yeah. I, I was a little hesitant because, like, I'd seen him in a little bit of Doctor Who and obviously other things he'd done and The Crown. And he's a great actor and recently saw him in Morbius. And uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, I was a little nervous at first. I was like, hey, you know, it, is it just going to be Matt Smith with a blonde wig on? And no, he's, he's great. I mean, we don't yeah. talk about Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only one who, who, if I'm correct in reading some of the interviews, is he's one of the few characters that, since he's such a, a phenomenal physical actress and actor and all that, is he's going to stay as he ages whereas when they flash forward and flash back mm-hmm. sister is a different actress each time yeah yeah yeah. he's gonna get to stay the same okay. time because they've got so much faith in his performance style and what he can do so much now with like i mean hair and makeup and yeah like so i mean visual effects right but you know it's one thing to like do the visual effects stage somebody but like to actually make it believable with like the the physical yes. acting is, is a whole different thing yeah. so that that's cool that they have enough faith in him to be able to do that I've, I've seen some hate online about and i don't know if these are new people or or what talked about the brutality of the first episode and one i was like this is game of thrones have you not seen the entire series before this have you not read the books and two i was like i don't think they've even scraped the surface 
of how brutal it will get. And three, this is the Targaryen bloodline. Their entire heritage is blood and flame. Yeah. That and anger and and warmongering and that's their their hotheads. And yeah. so yeah, they're brutal. They're gonna be. And I say bring it on. Those are the people that you're just like, are you new here? Like, yeah. really? I'm like, I honestly was surprised that I didn't, you know, see more gore or more boobs. Like, I that's what <laughs> to me, that's like the expectation, especially early season HBO shows. It's like, you know, it's gonna, you're gonna see some parts and you're gonna see some violence. And so <laughs> I thought of for like the you know, Game of Thrones standard, I was like, yeah. this is awfully yeah. kind of mild. Like this is more like Lord of the Rings compared to the last series they did. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I think it's really promising so far. Really, yeah. I'm excited. To see. And I'm just excited for like, I feel like so many things now are like the, the binge format. And there is something like you said, really fun about that anticipation of like the buildup to the new episode. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's one thing that I miss about like regular, you know, old school TV when they, you know, put out stuff weekly is like the, the you know i mean i feel like the last thing that i can remember that um you know we were so excited to watch was the mandalorian because they had it one episode at a time and right. so it was just like you know you're excited to be like okay it's like a, a new episode's dropped um so i'm 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 happy to have that like weekly and like it doesn't have that exhausting like you know okay i need to like carve out my schedule to be able to binge this to be able to yeah, talk yeah. about i prefer it myself. I prefer it. It's less overwhelming for sure. So. Yeah. But I mean, speaking of Lord of the Rings, uh, we, we joked recently, uh, you know, if you'd have told me in 2001 that in 2022, you'd be getting more Lord of the Rings con- content and first era stuff and, and stuff that a lot of people haven't even read about because mo- a lot of it comes from the Cimmerillion. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on that? How big of, a, of an impact was Lord of the Rings on you? I'm a very casual Lord of the Rings fan. Um, and it's funny because I have, I have committed. So I watched, I have not read the books. Um, I know, but I, uh, I watched all of the movies, like, you know, when they came out back in the day, I haven't gone back and watched them in a long time, but I have committed to, after some like strong arming from my husband, I have committed to watching the um, extended edition versions of all of the movies so as soon as i can find like 12 hours um (laughs) that i just don't have anything going on uh we'll be doing that um but yeah i mean i i uh i mean i think it probably is the same you know the same situation with any of these like really established and beloved things where it's like the it's such a thin line that they have to walk to like not mess it up um and then we've had so many instances where it's like they just should have never like revisited some of these things so I hope that um like you know avid fans of Lord of the Rings don't end up feeling that way that it's just something they should have never touched well my hope is that you'll fall in love with uh young Galadriel is my hope and you'll you'll within a year's time have a song about being uh young Galadriel that's that's my hope, Beth. No we have pressure. like a whole no wish list of songs, you know, just waiting. So if you're looking for uh, any you're looking ideas, for content, man, I mean, <laughs> we we got you back. You like the the massive 
like to read slash to watch list that I have, like, I can't even look at it because it just fills me with so much anxiety. So overwhelming. I'm the same <laughs> way since I feel you. I'm, I'm the same. My list is a mile long and I'll never get through it all. When I feel like I'm like five years behind, I'm like, you know, oh. reading and watching the stuff that people were talking about like five years ago. And I'm like, let's talk about it. And everyone's like, that's old. Like when it, it comes to supernatural, I'm like 10 years behind. So that's I another one that people, I think what songs about stuff that I do think that I would like, and I just haven't like, cause that's a big commitment. That's a lot of seasons. So. Yeah, 15. Massive. Massive. I've made some of the book series that I enjoy the most are like, I mean, these gigantic books and, you know, there's like five or six of them. And it just, it really limits like your ability to watch or read or listen to lots of things because you feel like you're spending so many hours on, you know, just one thing. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's just not enough time. There's not enough time to, to get it all done. You ever mm. see that movie click with Adam Sandler? No, but I remember it. Like that was one of he, his like serious roles, right? Yeah, he had this remote that he could pause time and rewind and fast forward and blah blah blah. And all the time, I'm wishing that I had that so I could just freeze everything, all my commitments, and I could just sit down and watch all the things and be mm -hmm. caught up. You know, so it would be great you. if like when you were like watching something or reading something that time like. You could didn't have to like go back or anything, but time just suspended. So it's like, yeah, you'd be like, all right, I'm gonna watch this, and it's not gonna actually eat away any of my like hours. So. Mm -hmm. Who needs sleep, right? Elon Musk should get on that. Yeah, he should. <laughs> if anyone can do it, I mean, I know that he's not the one that actually invents a lot of these things, but well, paying for it counts. For paying for it, yeah, yeah, uh, that is true. That so. Is true. A big reason that uh, we, we started our conversation with you over a year ago uh, was your love for The Witcher. And yes. your song that was coming out at the time in the end was Witcher based. Mm -hmm. And since then, we've had season two of The Witcher, season three is on the horizon. Um, it's such a good show. Cavill is, is, is so down for it. There's, there's no telling how many seasons we'll get out of it. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. So good that we could get seven, eight, you know, there's a lot of source material. So yeah, keep bringing it on. So what were your, uh, your thoughts and favorite moments of season two? I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I mean, definitely like Siri was like more frustrating in the season. Cause I guess she's a teenager. Oh. Um, oh. but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure we watched it all within like a couple days of it coming out and um, trying to think of like favorite moments. I think the, the big fight that's in the um, like where all of the like witches are the yes. big fight against like the guy with the, the burned face that we don't still really know, like who he's working yeah. for. Um, I mean, that was a great fight scene for sure. Um and then uh, like anything with um with uh oh, the the bard oh yes gear yes anything with him like he just adds such a like much needed like balance to how surly and you know serious the witcher is like i just love the dynamic of the two of them so 
So any anything that he's in, he's got some of the best lines, and you can tell that he enjoys playing the part. Well, in each season, he's he he keeps giving us banger music to listen to. Yeah. Uh, season one, it was the theme, and uh, the other one that he sings at the party that's we can't really quote on this show. Um, but this season, he basically gave us a swift Adele style breakup song, "Burn mm-hmm. Butcher Burn," which mm-hmm. was basically him being broken up with by Geralt, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's rock. It's a ballad. It's everything in between and it's epic. And, uh, it's on replay on my driving playlist constantly, uh, the same way everything is gears done. And he's actually doing all the singing. So it's also really cool that yeah. he can sing. Uh, I feel like in this day and age, there's not much of an excuse for actors to like, for them to not find actors that can do their own singing it's right. not like it's not like stunt work you know like like you, you should be able to get somebody that can sing to play the part of a bard so Absolutely. But yeah, he's i wish that 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 were the rule for the lay Miz movie and yeah. oh yeah could have sang other than russell, russell crowe man so. <laughs> yeah Yep. And along those same lines, like in the uh, the first High School Musical movies, uh, Zac Efron didn't sing the the, the Troy part. No, it was Drew Seeley. And then in the other ones, he did. Like, what what's the deal with yeah. that? Yeah. Well, just... that's it's to me. It's so weird when you actually have somebody that can sing because, like, he's not a terrible singer. Like, is he you know bound for Broadway? No, but like he can carry a tune. So it's it's weird to me when they don't. And the same thing with Vanessa Hudgens. I think they dubbed her with like somebody else in some parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but like she can sing. I mean, she's gone on to do theater, like musical theater stuff. So it's like, why why take somebody who can sing and have somebody else sing for them? Like as if people aren't going to realize it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. There's no excuse. Uh, so before we rec- before we start talk, uh, recording, uh, you and I talked about a, a, a mic drop moment at the end of season two. And then Josh is OK with with. It, us talking about it um did you see that coming did you think that we were going to get series father or booney no. yeah, back i mean it's one of those things that i did not see coming maybe i should have seen it coming because the like parent you think is dead that's not actually dead is like a very like well-loved and much used trope um but um but yeah I mean I I feel like it's kind of the perfect place to end a season because now they have to go into okay well how did he become like you know this like villain that they've been referring to um but we don't actually see who it is and that probably should have been the first clue like when when you're hearing about this bad guy and you don't actually like see them yet like you should that should put up like a you know a flag that that like hey it's probably going to be somebody that you've already been introduced to and you don't expect yeah um but you know I feel like it leaves it in a really interesting place to be like okay well how how did this come about so because the last time we saw of Dooney he was cured he -hmm. was in love with Siri's mom they were bound for marriage you know happy happy everything's great and now we see him as the leader of Nilfgaard the yeah. bad guys the people the the people who have been tormenting everybody left and right for world domination well and also he hasn't aged 
So Asin. we got to figure out like, well, how, why does he look the same as he did? Cause he's, he's, um, he's series. Okay. So he's series dad. And then, um, Oh, my phone was just like, what do you want from Siri? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Um, but yeah, like he, he's her dad. And then the, the grandmother, that was the, her mom's mom, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. But yes, yeah, but like, he does not look, he doesn't look like he is aged. So yeah. I'm curious to see kind of what's at play mm. there. Um, and I mean, who knows? It could be one of these because they had the, the character, was it last season? The the one that could like wear all the different faces, like that could. Yeah, the face. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, is that going to be the first thing that they do in season three is be like, just kidding. He's like somebody that can look like anybody and it's not her, her like actually her yeah, dad. That'd be a, a cop out. It would, yeah. Night drop yeah. opens up so much great complexity in the story that they could tell is like, what turns great men evil? Mm -hmm. And is it really all based on finding his daughter? Like, is it just yeah. a father's love? You know, <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed this season. You got all the great tropes that continued over. Geralt and Yen moments. Geralt and, and Yaskir moments. We got to go to the, the realm of the witchers and, and meet all of his friends, the other witchers, and they kind of train Siri some. And there's even that, last moment in the last like the last episode where they save siri from possession mm -hmm. and it's like all of them saying come home siri come home and it's like my bigger shock was i thought that oh and i'm blanking on his name now is uh uh Geralt's friend the older guy bigger the older witcher yeah 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 trained him i i thought that mark hamill was a shoe in for that part i know mm -hmm. that he was in talks with it and I guess that just didn't work out. The other guy got the part, but yeah. I thought it would have been very intriguing to see Mark Hamill kind of take on a TV yeah. show. Yeah. Basically. Well, I don't really and, know. I mean, he seems like he's a lot of fun based on his Twitter. I don't really uh, know like, what he's been up to, but like what he's been in or projects he's done recently. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like he's somebody that I want to see more of because he does have you know, yeah. a lot of personality. So what are some things that you, uh, I know you don't typically like to s speculate, but what do you want to see from your knowledge of, of the Witcher verse and stuff like that? What do you want to see come in season three stories that, that you've read? Well, the nice thing is that I don't, I'm not familiar with the source material. So I don't have that like expectation in place. Um, I just get to, you know, kind of be along for the ride as a first timer um, being introduced to all of this stuff. But like, I definitely am excited to see the kind of uh, weird family dynamic that um, uh, Geralt and Yen and Siri are gonna have um, now that they're all together. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm definitely uh, curious to know who like the, the burn face dude, like the woman who she is that, yeah. Um, seems to be this kind of like side um, mm. mischief. Sorry. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm just, I, it's, it's nice when you're sometimes not familiar with what it's based on. Um, Cause I just get to like sit back and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so we've talked about all the things that have been coming out lately and all the things that we've got to look forward to with all this content. Can you tell us if you've had any inspirations for anything at all popping up for a new song or songs in the future? I'm always like, I've always got my little feelers out there. I'm always, uh, I'm always contemplating. I mean, I've, I've had the idea of like, it would be fun to do a stranger things inspired song, but with like some super eighties production. Cause I just think it's the coolest thing in the world that running up that hill, like, you know, has blown up completely like, yeah. Like, you know, the song is like 25 years old that, you know, people just, I mean, it just goes to prove that if you have the right song with the right visual, like it just is so impactful. Um, I've thought about that. Um, there's definitely a couple of books that I'm looking to do something on. And, um, I mean, gosh, like I have, um, the beginnings of an idea for a song about Loki, um, from like the Marvel universe. Uh, yes. Yeah. So like, I, I always, I keep a running list of like things that, that strike me that would be interesting perspectives. And so, um, so yeah, so the world is my oyster. I, uh, I have all kinds of ideas and it just kind of, we'll just kind of see which ones actually come to fruition. Did you, uh, happen to watch Sandman on Netflix? I did not. That would be one that you could probably come up. Yeah. You could do some real juicy stuff with that probably. Okay. Yeah, definitely yeah. check that one out. There's just so many, there's so many, like, so many amazing options. And um, I know, like, a s- song that I, Hard to Kill, that I wrote about a book series is now, like, a Netflix series. So I feel like there's still some room to potentially do something with that. Um, you know, an additional song that's based on that kind of universe. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's fun to be able to like, it's a, it's a fun like songwriting practice to find these like stories and perspectives and then, you know, channel it into uh, a, a song that my goal is always, if you have seen it, then you like can make the connections. But if you haven't seen it or read it or whatever, like it still stands on its own or you can relate it to other things. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the possibilities are, are endless, literally endless. So I'm going to be busy. No matter what you put out, we're always going to be excited and can't wait to see uh, what more. I mean, like I said, in, in the small span of a year, you have released some amazing tracks with beautiful writing. I, I, I'm excited to see what the next year holds for Beth Crowley. I will tell you my, my biggest project for next year is it's going to be the 10th anniversary of when I put out warrior. Um, so I have a big 10th anniversary. I actually just got back from the studio on Thursday. I've got like my strings players that have played on like empire. And in the end, they, they're doing a whole string, you know, we're doing basically a a completely new version of warrior with a, um, big music video to go with it. So that's kind of the, the main, uh, main, like major project I've got going on for next year. Well, like we said in the last time, uh, if you ever need physical actors to be in these music videos, we are theater kids. So, yeah. and speaking of, I don't think I, I the last time we talked, I, I've praised enough about your song musicals. I know it's like an early oh. one of yours. Yeah. It's also like 
in my driving playlist to just replay because I love how witty it is. Um, Thank you. Yeah, that was like that chapter of, of, you know, time where I was doing the like 90 second songs. Um, yeah. I just did. Yeah, I did so many just like goofy, ridiculous, uh, like little mini songs. And that one was definitely one of my favorites. Well, that and uh, obviously in the end and Warrior and all those and Happy, uh, the they're in my head constantly, especially happy because uh, I, I went through a pretty similar story with the happy one and I love it. It's, 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 it's so snarky. And, uh, I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed writing that one. I, um, I could definitely at some point see myself writing musical theater where I do get to write some humor um like that's kind of my ultimate like i would love to write a musical so maybe that'd be awesome maybe when things start slowing down a little bit with uh with my music stuff like yeah. that'll, that'll be my my shift but uh but yeah i would love to do that writing the uh like the script the story for for a musical is on my bucket list so when maybe a future collab right here all right yeah yeah so um, something that we love to do when we have guests on the show um is uh rapid fire questions where you just give us the immediate answer that comes to your head. Okay. okay. Are you ready, Beth? I'm ready. Maybe. All right. Out of all of the franchises of anything, mm -hmm. who's your favorite hero character? Neville Longbottom. Wow. There's a first. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I didn't okay. even have to think about it. That's, that's what no. we want. That's amazing. All right. Now who, out of all the franchises, who's your favorite villain? Probably, I mean, Snape. Snape because I love a I love a villain that isn't just straight up evil. Like I love a, a villain that you can that's like three dimensional that you kind of understand mm. how they got to be the way they were, and even better if they have a redemption arc. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. I, I love I love complex villains for sure. I do too. That's a great answer because I I would argue that he's really one of the biggest heroes of the entire story of harry potter i mean so. that is true but he also like we cannot erase the fact that he just completely antagonized harry for basically true. six years he was, he was toxic <laughs> he, was he, was, he was um and you find out kind of why but also it doesn't excuse it so um so yeah so I, I think that i mean he was definitely for six seasons not having the context like harry's villain yeah right you know um, so if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Probably flying. It would be nice to be able to get places soon. Like, I don't want to be able to read people's minds. That sounds awful. That's, um, I've said the like, same thing. Absolutely. I don't want to know what anybody's thinking. Cause we I think I'll just be really sad. We interviewed uh, someone last week and they said teleportation. And I was like, you know what? That's actually probably better than flight. But I think I would like the process of, of flying so much. Honestly, honestly, because I don't love heights. I feel like teleportation, that might actually be my answer. Right. Yeah. I, I don't, especially not have it. Like, at least when you're looking out the window of a plane, you're like, okay, I'm like encased in you know, <laughs> protection, but just like out flying. I don't. Yeah, teleportation would be, yeah, much better, I think. Yeah. All right, Marvel or DC? Marvel. Yes. All right, and out of all the franchises uh, th that you love, mm -hmm. which one would you say is your number one favorite? 
Very it's Harry Potter. I mean, if you haven't been able to already tell, it's yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah. It will always be Harry Potter. Harry Potter has my heart. Like, I think part of it is because, like, I know we're similar ages. And just that, like, for me, I mean, because I know that you guys, like, ask me favorite movies, which I have written down. Like, so much of it is, like, the association of, um, like, I mean, going to, like, midnight movie premieres and releases. Like, going to you know i would go to borders if you remember borders books yeah 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 or like media play i feel like that's one that i went to at least once or twice but like you know going and getting the book at midnight and like yes staying up all night to read it and like collective you know anticipation and waiting for um the next one to come out i was i was having this discussion with my husband recently um and these are just the kind of things that I think about that I like say out loud and he's just like whoa um I was like we're just sitting in the car like going to Zaxby's or something and I was like if you could experience something for the first time again what would it be and he was just like okay Um, we're going that deep okay um because what made me think about it is like I wish that I could um read Harry Potter for the first time again Mm -hmm. um and experience it for the first time again uh Cause it just was like, so, I mean, it was just such a cool time to be alive. Yeah. Good times. Yes. Great choice. Um, and, and I don't think like, you know, the MCU is big and all that, but I don't re- know if today we'll ever have that anticipation again for a vast amount of people. Cause like yeah. MCU midnight showings are big in our circle. Mm-hmm. But globally, I mean, Harry Potter's midnight showings were, I mean, especially in a town like Morristown, where you think where we're where we're at, you know, where it's it's a smaller town, you know, uh, it's it's more like a Rome, Georgia area. Um, it was packed, yeah. I mean, and just like yeah. you would think, it was the Friday night football game in this yeah. town. It's like people in their in their cloaks and, and their toy wands and and with the book they're going to sit and hold the book while watching the movie <laughs> just like yeah. like a security blanket. Yeah, it's yeah. like a security blanket just like and yeah. I I don't think that exists anymore. It's very no. special. I mean I think the, I think the closest thing has been the like collective anticipation of Game of Thrones episodes like we we're yeah. talking about yeah. where it's like you have so so many people that are just like anticipating the same thing. But no, I mean it's and I don't know that anything could like because there's just so much out there. I don't know that anything could could be like that now because there's just so much content when it comes to like books and movies and TV um, and so much great stuff that I, I don't know that we're going to experience that again. And I'm just really grateful that I got to like we be got- a kid slash teenager um, yeah. slash into my early 20s. Like, you know, got to- Like, like Harry did. I mean, we grew up with Harry. Yeah. Ron is mining yeah. and yeah. it was, it was a cool journey to kind of, it's like you were, you, we didn't get our, our letters. We weren't getting to go to Hogwarts, but we were at the same time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It was just a, it was just special. It was a special thing to be able to experience in real time. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned the top five movies. We are in the midst of our season finale. And for it, we have uh, done the insane task of uh, doing a top 30 for 30 and nerdy. So we both uh- down for the last couple of weeks and thought about our 30 top 
film. So count yourself lucky. I'm, we're just asking for five from you. So uh, what is Beth Crowley's top five favorite movies? I don't even know that this is accurate. This is just what I was able to come up with today. It's like when people ask me, like, who's your favorite music artist or what's your favorite song? And I'm like, oh, my God, it's like that's impossible to you. So I, I like number one was like the Harry Potter franchise. I figured we would be able to count that as one entry. And like the rest of them, I just kind of was like, okay. Um, so this is kind of a random list. I have a Christmas story. Um, choice. It was a, it was a foundational part of my childhood. I had a Christmas story viewing party for multiple years when I was in high school that I would make a leg lamp cake for um and have like my friends over to watch a Christmas story like my family has just always loved it we would watch you know watch it when it was doing like 24 hours of a Christmas story so yeah, that's, one, yeah. that's one of yeah, those, that's like the movie itself is iconic but also like just you know the associations I have with it are yeah. you know what we do is we obviously do that and while it's paying 24 hours we watch it four or five times within the day yeah spend one whole time just watching the dad oh just, yeah just watch his character and it it, it sells the entire movie for me like yeah, his faces he's oh he's great i mean we just like i know that movie so well like there's very few movies that i've i've watched enough that i can actually like i'm not one of these people that can quote many movies but like that one I've just seen so many times and it just never, it's ne like, you never get tired of watching it. Like, no, you don't. It's just it's great. It's great. I mean, yeah. Like I, I mean, I, yeah. Love that movie. So, so yes, hard shift from Harry Potter, but that's uh, what I wrote down next. I had, <laughs> I had school of rock. Oh, good choice. Thank you. Thank you. Just I'm seeing like it's been way too long since i've watched it but just like from top to bottom like that movie is fantastic i'm seeing tenacious d next month and i'm so excited that's that's awesome. that's great wow what a good choice. great like, he is a treasure absolutely yeah. um yeah like i i'll just i just i will never get over the fact that dave grohl played the devil in the pick of destiny like <laughs> just fantastic you're not um, hardcore unless you live hardcore baby Yes. Um, gosh, we we used to sing Tenacious D in high school all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I had School of Rock as one of these movies that like I cannot tell you the last time I watched it, but I just love it. But you treasure um, it. I understand that. Yes. Uh, I have Easy A is one of my like freaking movie. pop movies. Yeah. Just one that I just love to watch. Like I think Emma Stone is hilarious in it. Like such a memeable movie um it's great uh and then I did I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't pick a fifth one I yeah I was just trying to go through and be like okay what's something like I have so many movies that I love and I've seen a million times that it would probably be just like a hundred way tie for well yeah I understand that a good Emma Stone movie uh House Bunny have you seen it yeah great movie it's a freaking movie <laughs> We Fantastic. quote that, me and my brother and sister quote that movie all the time to each other. And if, if someone says their name to us, if we're all three together, it'll be like, oh, hi, I'm Jake. One of either my brother or sister, one will go, Jake. <laughs> like, yep. I'll just yep. look at him and I'll go, stop. <laughs> Such a great movie. Whatever happened to Anna Ferris? Is she still doing stuff? 
She had that show, um, Mom. Yeah, the one. Yeah, that she, yeah right. she had that show for a long time. Allison Janney was on that. Janie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I, I don't know what she's done since then. But like, really, what has anybody done since the pandemic? That was like, everything just kind of went wonky. So. Yeah. I feel like some people haven't like even come back into. No, a lot of people anything. haven't. And you would think that like, as as long as the 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 heart of the pandemic was and like we couldn't go anywhere, we couldn't. That would have been an opportunity for a lot of us to be like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna catch up on that list I've made of mm-hmm. books and movies and stuff. But I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Didn't do it. <laughs> we had all this time. I'm pretty sure. When I came home from Atlanta, dead set, ready to hunker down for the long term of this thing, I made a physical list. Here's what I can catch up on. I can't work. I can't go anywhere. So here's what I'm going to do all hours of the day and night. And I didn't do any of that list. I'm like, let me rewatch all of my comfort shows. Exactly. That's yep. We watched The Office for the hundred. The Office for the twelfth time. <laughs> yeah, I'm currently rewatching Arrested Development as one of my comfort shows, which I just love. Funny show. I I just started The Big Bang Theory, and I had never seen yeah. it. I had never Probably seen. Love The Big Bang Theory. I'm in season nine. Uh, Amy and Sheldon just broke up. It's one of the few times that a, a show has introduced a character a few seasons in that it made the show like better i feel like a lot of times they introduce characters and it just like changes the dynamic in a weird way but i thought she was a great addition to it she was cool thing about her is she knows everything they're talking about yeah she's <laughs> like so most of them she's like you're learning a cue card i know what your character's trying to say this is my life it's also one of those situations where on the show they talked about her in real life, like, oh, you know, the girl from Blossom. And then later yeah. on, she was on the show. And they did that with Winnie Cooper as well. Mm-hmm. So I did. Breaking the, the little multi. This is a good show. I don't know that I ever watched like the last couple of seasons, but um, yeah, we watched that show. Religiously. The finale is quality. You should definitely see the finale, if nothing else. I've like, I've heard that they did a good job with how it ended. Yeah, they did. Oh. That's hard to do. It's hard to end. Yep. Very, very much Gosh. so. There's been the, there's, I feel like there's been a good streak of like, I feel like they ended Parks and Rec. Mm, mm-hmm. That was a fantastic yeah. ending. Um, I, that was a uh, good ending. Great yeah. ending. Um, uh, the Good Place. That would see that ending. I wonder, why they, wonder why they didn't do The Bad Place. Well, the Bad Place is in The Good Place. Oh, I guess The Bad Place would be an interesting spinoff. Yeah. Yeah, would but be. yeah, no, they they did a great job with ending that show. Um, yeah. Office had a, a, a great finale, but I became a pretty, and I was shocked that I'd ever say I, I became a fan of this character because early on he was so obnoxious. Uh, I became a pretty big fan of Andy for some reason. Um, really, and I kind of felt like in those last couple seasons, the old Nard Dog got the shaft in a lot of stories. Yeah, like he lost the girl, he lost the job, he didn't really get his fame dream, and they're like, "Oh, but he did get to speak at Cornell." Oh, I mean, he got the fame, just not the way he uh, had had hoped for. Um, And I and I'd done a lot of digging, and a lot of that was uh, "quote unquote" punishment because he missed so much because he did the Hangover movies. Well, somebody had to be in the Hangover. 
Yeah, I mean, he they would they would be like it just felt like we'd build Andy and build Andy and build Andy and give him the and then Ed had to leave for you know yeah. six months, seven months, yeah. and and so we were just like, well, we just won't focus so heavily on Andy anymore. You know, makes sense, but also like isn't doing the character any any justice really. Yeah. So yeah. speaking of ending things, as much as we hate to end uh, our our conversation with you, you were so amazing and and we were lucky enough to have you uh personally do our our new theme and i have yet to play it for josh never heard it I no been, way i have been waiting um for this <laughs> oh man i didn't know that you hadn't heard it no he's kept it a secret for a long time Oh, man. he loves he loves to like surprise me with stuff and okay. he knows that i hate surprises so it's like this fun way of torturing me but it always pays off so it's fun i mean i hope i hope yes i hope that this will be a good surprise i'm sure of it i'm i'm so excited for <laughs> this because i mean we worked back and forth on this for most of the winter didn't we when did you start yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a while. It's yeah. been a while. There once were two dudes who met back in college. Nobody loved pop culture more. So they started a podcast to talk all about it. And 30 and nerdy was born. Oh, 30 and nerdy was born You might hear them chat about shows like The Witcher Or movies like Lord of the Rings And if Josh has to choose, he is loyal to Marvel While Tyler goes more for DC Yes, Tyler goes more for DC Now come, come, one and all Shut up, just answer the call to be part of our journey into magical worlds. Join us and cheers to ya nerds. Join us and cheers to ya nerds. Oh my god, <laughs> Beth. Uh, I, I, that, it, I got a little emotional with that. That's, <laughs> wow. Beth, that was amazing. Wow. Thank, thank you, you so much. I thank wanted you. to feel I wanted to feel very like epic and questy. Um yeah. <laughs> so I like I, love I, it. I think I said the first like idea to to Tyler and was just like, is this too much? And he was like, no, it's the right oh. amount. <laughs> it's right. <Yeah>. It's <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh. Thank you. Thank that, that, that's is, incredible. It is, it is incredible. And and the fact that you you did that for us and and it was one of the first things I thought about was I really want her to do a theme for us. Like yeah. the way she writes, the way she is with words. I, I, re I really want to do it. And like months had went by before I even messaged you about it. And all, and this is what I loved about your process was you literally just did digging on your own and asked me questions instead of like, well, what do you want me to say? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not a songwriter, but you were just like, oh, OK, well, tell me a little bit about your story. Yeah. And just in that talking, the ballad of 30 and nerdy was born. 
Yep. Wow. <laughs> well, that was it was indeed a great surprise. Worth yeah. the wait. Wow. Good. I'm so happy. And that was beautiful and amazing. And uh, it will live forever on the yes. 30 Nerdy podcast. Well, I'm, so. I'm excited for it to I'm excited for it to debut to the world. Wow. Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much again, Beth, for joining us. Absolutely. We can't wait to have you back when season three of Will Witcher comes. <laughs> make this we'll make a, it, we'll a really make thing. An annual. We'll make this an annual yeah. thing. This is Done an deal. Annual thing. Absolutely. Just yeah. don't, don't get so big with the blue check that you forget us. You know, I mean, hopefully one day we'll have a blue check and we'll be part of the club. Yeah, that's the goal. We can have like trailers and, and espresso and and. And that is basically what my life is like now. Only blue M&Ms in my trailer. Only blue exactly. M&Ms. Exactly. No, the next time I'll have like a writer to send you. It's to be like, exactly. all of my demands. We'll make it happen. <laughs> Anything for you, Beth. Okay. Anything. I appreciate it, but I can guarantee you that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm a humble queen, okay? I love it. We love a humble queen. Awesome. Thank well, you. I always love being on with you guys, and uh, yeah, let's let's do it again. We Absolutely. shall. So, all right, perfect. Let's roll. Country proud, kicking up dust on the back road with some windows down and the music loud. Coming up round the next curve, my car in my lane, no time to swerve. Now my back hurts like I tried to twerk. Hell, even my dog got hurt. My ride was totally broke down and done. Dial five four six one 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 one. You got a pain in your neck? Just turn that wreck into a check. Get the money you need, get the money you want. Call O E B Law. You won't believe what they did for me. They took the fight to the insurance company. I got the money that I needed so desperately. Thanks to O E B now, I'm back in the driver's seat. Feeling that freedom on the open road. Country proud, that's how we roll. You got a pain in your neck? Just turn that wreck into a check. Get the money you need, get the money you want. Call O E B Law. You got a pain in your neck? Just turn that wreck into a check. Get the money you need, get the money you want. Call O E B Law. Hey, nerds, this is Beth Crowley, and you're listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Well, that was great. Amazing. Can you believe it? I mean, did you folks hear that? It was perfect. The ballad of 30 and Nerdy. Feels like we're ready to go on a quest to, uh-huh. uh, you know, find the Holy Grail or something. Our the Holy Nerdy Grail. is to put a music video to it. Ooh. Yes. That should be a season five project. All right. This is going to happen. It's going to be a thing. Especially if, even if he might see it as hokey, if we could get Nick involved to do the, the filming and the direction of it. And the, oh, for us, I, I think uh, maybe. Yeah. It's he might be like, this is the campiest thing I've ever done. But we, we've <laughs> done a, f- we've done a few favors for Nick. Here yeah. there. So, uh, you know, maybe uh, he owes us one. Let's pull that one out of my back pocket. Hey, Nick. <laughs> But um, go check her out, Beth Crowley on YouTube. Tell her the 30 and Nerdy podcast sent you. Download her her music. She's all over iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you find music. Beth Crowley is there. Uh, she's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, everywhere. So go go follow Beth Crowley. Uh, so our two part season finale for a fantastic fourth season. We told you all that we were doing a very, very difficult task. 
the idea has been shot around for a couple of seasons now. Like, what if we did a top blah, blah, blah of hours? You know, whether it was games, whether it was movies, TV shows, blah, 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 like a top, like a countdown. And and spinning off of, I'm, I'm kind of a jack of all trades. I also dabble in the sports world. Yeah. I watch a lot of ESPN. And that show just stuck out to me 30 for 30. Because Ric Flair had a 30 for 30. Yeah, I saw it. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we're doing the 30 for 30 and nerdy. And what we did was we sat down over the last week or so, and we counted out, not really counted out. They're not in any particular order, really. I did put my bottom five in a five to one order. Um, but that makes one of us. We did the top 30 films for 30 and nerdy. Now he did a list of 30. I did a list of 30. That's agonizing. A so we're breaking it into two episodes. So we're just doing 15, 30 through 16 right now. So, how do you want to do this? Oops, let's each do our fives. Let's go in fives. Okay, that works. So three sets of five. Three sets of five. All right. And we'll uh, and we'll we'll discuss a little bit after each five, and then we'll 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 get this rigmarole on the roll. All right. So my first five are Independence Day. Nice. Lake Placid just jumped. I just took Maddie through. She didn't know it existed. She didn't know it was a film that Betty White did. She didn't know it was a movie that Mad Eye Moody did. I was like, oh, Lake Placid. I remember growing up when this movie came out. And anytime it was a snow day or I was sick, these were one of the movies that mom put on was either Twister, Lake Placid, Independence Day. I was like, oh, giant. It's basically Jaws for a crocodile. Yeah, and, and Oliver Platt and Brendan Gleeson's characters, one one ups and and quippy one liners. Someone, oh, I'd forgotten how great I love this movie. I'd Critics forgotten like how tomatoes mo- probably I, wouldn't like it, but I'd forgotten how much horror movies there's going to be on your list because <laughs> I don't think I have any. Um, after Lake Placid, I've got The Da Vinci Code. <sighs> one of those movies that that I just can. It's a, it's a feel, it's not a feel good movie. It's a, a, a feel better movie. Like I just put it in if I'm. No, I know. Now I know what you mean. That one actually, I contemplated putting that one in my list uh, because it's got my boy, Sir Ian McKellen in it. It does. Automatically gives it a few extra points and Tom Hanks, of course. And Doc Ock and the vision and the French guy who was in all those nineties movies that I can never remember his name. I forgot about Paul Bettany being in that, uh, <laughs> uh Silas. Silas. Yeah. And plus it's kind of like, I like to call it the adult national treasure. It's very similar to national treasure. Sure. But it's more adult. It's not like, Oh, we're finding treasure. We're trying to unearth the, the great lie that's been being mm-hmm. told. And, and the, the scariness of how deep this thing goes and, Tom Hanks performance and like his knowledge and the whole symbology and the history that, that gets brought up. And it's just, it's, it's great. I love I, it. I remember some of my uh, more uh, religious uh, yes. relatives being very disappointed in me for enjoying that movie, but uh, yes, yes, it's just a movie guys. It's uh, just a movie. Next in line would be the lost boys. Keeper okay. Sutherland. Fantastic vampire movie. When I talk vampires, I talk to Lost Boys. I don't talk Twilight. Great album and soundtrack. Uh, Cry Little Sister. 
still to this day pumps me up when I hear it, even if it's seasons after cover or the original. That's the jam. Um, and then my next in line would be the breakfast club. Ah, uh, man. Your list is really going to put my list to shame because my list is so like basic nerd boy list. And yours is going to be very like well-rounded <laughs> and it's going to be very eclectic, a little I'm mixture a of everything. Individual. You are. And, and I would consider yeah. myself to be as well, but like okay. the love that you have for them it just doesn't match the love uh, that, that I have. Well, it's not a competition, Josh, but... Of course not. uh, I'll accept your surrender. So you're next. You're you're 30 through 26. Uh, I don't know that any of these will really be very surprising to anyone. Uh, So I'll start with uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Great choice. Yeah. um, That's one of those that I remember... You remember the lake house that I used to live in. Yeah. Okay. I was sitting in my bedroom at the old lake house when I got word of, of that movie, you know, being a thing one day. And I was like, what? Why? You know? And then once I saw it, it completely won me over. Those characters you just fall in love with. The soundtrack, of course, makes the movie yeah. for the most part what it is. So um, I threw that one on there. The Fifth Element. Great choice. Would be uh, would be next. Um, hopefully, we we've got that one in the works for next season. I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. Um, this one might be a little bit of a surprise. I got a documentary uh, on my list. Beyond oh. the Mat. Oh. Beyond the Mat, a great wrestling documentary. Uh, if you're a fan of the Attitude Era of the uh, of wrestling, I mean, really the greatest era, I would say. Yeah. Uh, arguably. Uh, but lots of this was really the first time that Vince McMahon allowed outsiders to come to the backstage area and get the behind the scenes look. And there was a lot of controversy uh, once it did come out. They were not happy with uh, the way that the documentary was presented. Um, and there's people who talk about it to this day. Uh, Jim Cornette fought so hard not to be a part of that, but he ended up uh, being caught on it anyway. Uh, and he talks about that sometimes, but I love Beyond the Mat. That's one that, like every couple of years, I'll uh, I've got the DVD. I'll dig that one out and 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 rewatch that one. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Wow. Yes. Uh, uh, the old uh, the old original one, not the Johnny Depp one. That was yeah. really really not great. Sorry, Tim Burton. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. One of my first uh, memories as as a child uh, of watching a movie, like sitting with my mom on the couch watching the movie from start to finish. This was one of the first ones that I remember. And I had horrific Oompa Loompa nightmares, uh, I'll say. Uh, but this one has just sort of followed me through life. And I've been a part of uh, that production two to three different times now. So uh, it's got a very special place in my heart. And uh, my next one in this uh, first five is going to be The Sword in the Stone. Mm, classic. Yeah, very good. That's another great uh, childhood memory movie. So, and I love all the Arthur- Arthurian legends and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, that one's very special. Mm-hmm. So, moving on to twenty-five through twenty. Uh, so, Christmas Vacation. <laughs> I, I as much as I. Uh, 
not trap talk Christmas, but you know, as much as I'm kind of a cynic when it comes to Christmas, thanks to living in Pigeon Forge as long as I did, um, the movie Christmas Vacation pretty much uh, kind of sums up a lot of mine and my own older brother's friendship. Like we might be at odds with each other at some point, but <laughs> we'll quote Christmas Vacation to one another to kind of lighten the mood. Um, it's so funny. It's so quotable. Chevy Chase and his physical comedy comedy is like the classic, you know, uh, physical comedy of the, of the great legends. I mean, he, yeah. you know, we, we don't talk enough. We talk about Charlie Chaplin and his physical comedy. But we don't talk enough about Chevy Chase and some of the stuff he does physically in the movies. Now I know that he's kind of a jerk in real life but oh i didn't know that giving me a lot of laughs uh up next we've got the replacements football movie with keanu reeves it's a very star-studded a young john favreau plays a very angry character danny bateman uh, long before he was the who brought brought us the mcu with iron man um up next i got the patriot with mel gibson uh just watched it again recently uh, showed it to Maddie, and I'd forgotten how. I mean, young Heath Ledger, rest in peace. Oh yeah, Mel Gibson when he was at his best. Um, Jason Isaac. Jason Isaac, bad yeah. guy. You know that it was that movie that swayed J.K. Rowling on. Uh, if if this gets to the live action world, there's only one person I think could play Lucius Malfoy, and it's Jason Isaacs, and it's because yeah. you saw him in that role, and he was perfect. Mm-hmm. He was absolutely perfect. Practically perfect. Uh, up next, Caddyshack. Big golf comedy. Quotable. So many funny moments. Star-studded. I mean, he's even got Rodney Dangerfield in it. Oh. Up next, we got Con Air. Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage. Uh, Lord Danny Trejo's in it. Uh, John Malkovich. Star-studded. Great 90s movie. Bro, I got to say, like, so far, uh, we're 10 through for you. Yeah. Oh, we have nothing in common yet. <laughs> I think we will. I actually, I'm, I guarantee, I like, I, I know we will, uh, probably um, closer yeah. to like, closer to like top 10, top 15. We'll have a few that are in common. I think we will. Um, but yeah, interesting. All right. So my next five. Oh, brother, where art thou? Great choice. Yeah. I use that one uh, in teaching all the time because of its connections to like Greek mythology and the Odyssey and all that. So a lot of kids don't know about that one. And, you know, as when I was, you know, the age of my students now and younger, I loved that movie then. So um, this one. So we talk all the time about quotability. Yeah. Brother, where art thou is, is yeah. a great one for quotability. Um, all right. Up next. I think uh, a few people in our lives, uh, a few of our veteran nerd friends might be disappointed in me that this one is really so far up on the list. But the uh, the OG 1977 Star Wars. Wow. The OG. Yeah. Um, I Look, I, I love the original trilogy. Uh, actually, I think the OG uh, trilogy are the only ones that made my, my top 30, the prequels, the sequels, they didn't make it. Uh, they didn't make the cut. These are my star Wars movies, but out of the three OGs, 
it's a little blasphemous to say it, I'm afraid, but Star Wars is my least favorite of the three. Uh, I'm ashamed wow. to say that, but it's the way I feel, you know, so I'm going to stick by it. So Star Wars. This one might be a surprise to, you've probably heard me say this before, but this might be a surprise to a lot of people out there. Next on my list is going to be The Blind Side. Great choice. Speaking of football movies, um, I love The uh, Blind Side's one of those that every year or at least every other year around football season, so we're getting there right now. I'll go back and watch that one. Uh, it helps me uh, get pumped up for football. I love Sandra Bullock very, very much. Mm-hmm. She's she's one of my favorites. So love me some Blind Side. Next up, Walk the Line. Granted, Walk the Line is not the best of the biopic movies, especially that we've had in the last 10 years or yeah. so because we've had Rocket Man and, and we've had the Queen movie and all that. But the uh, Walk the Line, which is very special to me. I'm a huge Johnny Cash fan. I love Johnny Cash. Um, and I thought that Joaquin Phoenix just absolutely killed it. Reese Witherspoon absolutely. as well. Walk the Line, I saw in theaters. And that was one of those that I, when I got the DVD, I had that sucker on repeat a lot of times. When I first uh, started driving and um, had, a, had my, one of my first jobs that I was driving to by myself, uh, Walk the Line soundtrack was in that CD player nonstop. Yeah. So um, that one's very special. And rounding out my uh, top 30 tier here is uh, the 2002 Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. Wow. Which we did an episode on a couple months ago or so. Uh, and uh, the phrase that I used frequently, like ad nauseum, uh, when we talked about it, was that that movie just felt like an old friend. Yeah. You know, that I, ha- that I hadn't seen in a long time. And, and uh, watched that one again. And it just, there's something comforting about it. Um, and it's a classic. So, Spider-Man. Thank you, Sam Raimi. <laughs> we have one in this this sooner than the top ten that's in common. Um, can I guess? Yeah. Oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah, that's one. Yeah, that's my next one. Yeah. Oh, brother, where art thou? I mean, we've quoted it a thousand times. The album's great. The movie's great. Uh, and like I said, what a great way to teach, you know, ancient literature by modernizing the story and and the actors and turning it into a Appalachian musical. I mean it's yeah. it, it's brilliant. Okay, um, I'm with you fillers. Yeah. The next one is The Three Musketeers. I'm talking the 90s Disney, Kiefer Sutherland, Oliver Platt, Charlie Sheen, Tim Curry, Rebecca Dormornay. I mean, holy crap, this movie. Chris O'Donnell as D'Artagnan. Yeah. Uh, the album was was a banger. Um the movie was great. Uh, it's also another one of those, uh, movies that, that me and mama just put in, you know, if it was a snow day or if I was sick or, you know, if we didn't have to go to school the next day and we could stay up a little later, it was one of those on the list that we would just watch together and we could quote together. Mm-hmm. She still sometimes will stream just from the movie. I love that movie up next. We got, and this will probably be a very big shock that it's not in my top 15, the dark Knight. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm surprised by that actually. Um, can't say enough about it though. It, it was it was hard to have this out of the top fifteen, but like I said, it's not really ranked. These first, right. um, this was really like picking children, like yeah. your favorite thirty children, because yeah. we have such a love for movies. I mean, it's a huge part of the foundation of who we are. 
yeah. um, the movies we love. I looked at uh, my IMDb account, and uh, what I like to do is, like, you know, have a, a, a professional account since I'm on IMDb, and you can find me, and I've been in a couple of things. You can like or mark that you've watched a movie. So I just went to that list, and, like, I have over 3,000 movies that I've just taken the time to check that I've, I've watched, I've seen. And there's some TV shows that are included in that. I was like, I've got to pick. Wait know, a minute. Like, did you have to go through and like search these movies to no, say like, like to check I, that? If they were like lined up, like, have you seen this movie? I'd hit that check at like, have you seen this? Or like if we went, when we went and watched Thor Love and Thunder, I went ahead to the IMDb and I checked that I'd seen it. Okay. And, like, I need to just the ones that I've taken movies. time to like, yeah, I've seen that is over 3,000. Wow. And that's, you know, TV shows, cartoons, movies. I mean, like cartoon movies, the Disney classics we grew up with, like Great Mouse Detective, stuff like that. So, I mean, it's I was like, how am I supposed to pick 30 out of all of these? Like, obviously, a top 10, they typically don't change. Yeah. But this was this was difficult. Uh, up Very. Next, remember the Titans. Oh, yeah. Classic classic movie beautiful movie every year kind of like you with the blind side when it's football season we watch remember the titans at this house and uh, number 16 is pirates of the caribbean curse of the black pearl i love pirates uh it's the only one out of that franchise that's on my list Mm -hmm. um it was just for me it was a perfect movie Um, yeah you didn't have to worry about continuations or uh story continuity uh it was just great performances and a great story and a fantastic like orchestration. Absolutely. Uh, when I got uh, selected as drum major for uh, the college band uh, that mm-hmm. I was in, um, we got to pick our own score to conduct for the audition. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean was what I chose. So um, fantastic choice. You know, that one, that one almost made my list. That one was really actually, I think yeah. I might have had it on there at one point and then I took it off and placed something else. But if like we were doing top 50, so like in 20 years when we're 50 and nerdy and we oh, do this God. again, 50. perhaps, perhaps a easier than 30 to do. <laughs> uh, perhaps Pirates of the Caribbean will be on that list. So uh, it's, it's up there for me as well. All right. Am I finishing us off here? Finishing us off for this first part, man. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Batman and Robin. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. I I would shut this show down quickly. (laughs) I I, I thought about saving that and doing that as like my very, very last one on the next episode, but I just couldn't wait. I had to get that one out. So, no, that did not make the list. Uh, Sorry to disappoint any Batman and Robin fans out there. List of crap. Um, maybe next time we can do 30 worst. Oh, that'd be tough as well. That, that also, I've seen some, some terrible films. Yeah. Is Morbius going to be on that list? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So would fantastic four. Yeah, that's true. And also, uh, Lucy that, uh, Scarjo was in. Oh yeah. That was terrible. Like it was also this movie from the nineties that, Sir Anthony Hopkins, who's, who's a top echelon actor, one of my favorite actors of all time. It's called The Limey. It was bad. And I was like, Anthony Hopkins doesn't do bad movies. It was bad. Except, except for that one time. Except for that one time. All right. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Great choice. Uh, 
none of the other indie movies made my list. Uh, and I know that's another one kind of like Star Wars should be everybody's top, you know, whatever. And Last Crusade, or not Last Crusade, but Raiders of the Lost Ark should also be. But for me, the, the third one was my favorite of the trilogy. Um, wow. Probably the Connor so, of it. I think that helped a lot. And, you know, the whole bit of them going through Nazi Germany and the, the bit with the Zeppelin and all that stuff. I love that. And then the end with the... Uh, he has to, Indy has to have faith and walk across the gap and you all chose that stuff. poorly. Yeah. So that, that one's up there. Well, and plus um, at the end of the day, it's kind of Arthurian. It's a grail quest. Yeah. I'm all but, into the British literature, yeah. hero's journey, yeah. Arthur stuff. I love all that. This one won't be a shock. I know not to you, especially. Uh, the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Absolute classic, very, very special place. I know in both of our hearts uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, we have especially strong connections to a couple of the characters at this point yeah. uh, that we've both been able to uh, portray uh, our, ourselves. So that one is just very special. Uh, we're coming up on here in a few years, the 100 year anniversary of that movie, believe it or not. Good God. Yeah. Yeah. My goal is to, uh, hopefully to have my program built up enough that I can do Wizard of Oz at school that year. Especially if you could get to that time. Yeah. Like, hey, it's the 100th anniversary. Why not? Exactly. That's the goal. Um, but I need a much bigger budget. So, hey, if you're out there and you're will- wanting to uh, donate, donate to the high school theater department, a Title I schools theater program, I am accepting your contributions. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Another one that is not going to be a shock to anyone. This is a, a more recent uh, movie that uh, has a very special place for me. But this one is on the list due to the the buildup of it, the anticipation, the experience of seeing it for the first time, the all of the uh, things that that surround this movie. Avengers Endgame. Yeah. I mean, nothing like that had ever been done before. I can't say that it'll never be done like that again because we know what is on the horizon for the MCU and and it's looking pretty good. But that one had to make my list because uh, I was gushing over that one months after the fact. Next up, Return of the King, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Uh, out of the three of the original trilogy, it is my least favorite, but by any means, is that not a, a, a anything negative? Because I love all three of those movies uh, yeah. very, very dearly. So love that one. And um, uh, this one, for similar reasons, is what I said about Endgame. Spider-Man No Way Home, man. As, as a kid who grew up loving Spider-Man, the experience of seeing that movie I can't recall a single time in my life that being in a movie theater, my rear end has come up out of my seat so many times. My watch was harassing me the whole time. You need to take a breath. You need to, you know, whatever. Um, Just unbelievable. They knocked it out of the park with that one. Uh, And and all of us, our whole group who saw that one, you know, those moments of us all looking at each other like, what? Can you believe this? This is happening. So, and our, our buddy Rev's wife, Peyton, she said, you know, the movie was great, but I just loved watching you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Maddie always oh. to the left of me wherever we go, and she always holds my left hand where my watch is, and she can always tell when I'm invested because it starts vibrating and it says like your heart rate's 120 over 120 beats per minute. Yep. She'll look at me and I'm just like, what, what, what? This is amazing. I'm like, this no. may never happen again in my lifetime. You know, like it's just a movie. That's what most people would say, but like it just, and she, it happened in, and in game to me when the three of us mm. saw it, it happened uh, in the Batman. It happened in no way home. And it recently happened in top gun Maverick. Yeah. She can always tell when I'm, I'm getting nerdy and giddy. We talked to Beth about like those moments that you wish you could experience for the first time again. Yeah. Seeing no way home is one of those that's gotta be up there. Like obviously reading Harry Potter is, is one of those seeing Lord of the Rings for the first time is one of those. Oh yeah. No way home. Definitely. That's one of my all time favorite theater experiences of my entire life. So I had to have it in, in my uh, top 30 list. And it's one of the things that I told Maddie I was jealous about when I was taking her through Lord of the Rings uh, is you get to, you're, you're getting to see this for the first time. And that makes me a little jealous because yeah. I remember that and, and I'll never get to watch them for the first time ever again. Don't take your movies for granted kids. Yeah. Every experience uh, that you're uh, seeing a movie, you should uh, be very open-minded and, and enjoy it. Even if it's not No Way Home or The Dark Knight or Endgame or whatever, because you never know when it's going to be one of those memorable, life-changing moments that you remember for the rest of your life. So, like, I have this little list of um, honorable mentions for this, and they're not really honorable mentions. They're like they started out. I started just, like, listing, and then I'd, like, move around and stuff. And these are some of the movies that got moved out of this top 15. Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone. Okay. Endgame. Okay. The Joker. Fifth Element and Batman 89 all got moved out of the top 15. Just by Ah. when I started going like, uh, if I only, because I eventually had to say, what if you could only watch these 30 movies for the rest of your life. Let's think of it that way. And I'm not saying that's what we did. We didn't say that last week when we talked about it. But right. like, what if there were only 30 movies that they were like, Tyler, you'll get shot in the head if you watch any of the <laughs> 30. And I was like, okay. And then I started to realize you're really making this more stressful than it should be. Cause like, you're not going to hurt the movie's feelings. <laughs> make it in the top 30 because it's probably in your top 40 or your 50 or your 60 yep. or your 100 That's, so you know I, it doesn't mean I, had, bro, <laughs> I had this same exact uh experience like this oh, is my space top eight tyler calm it's, down it's not really like you're picking your children it's not yeah. really it's, that it's, serious and you know like with pirates of the caribbean having it on the list and then taking it off like i said it would be like a top 50 yeah um and like Muppet Treasure Island didn't make the list, but that one's very special to me oh, as well. And, you know, the Grinch and, and, and Hocus Pocus and yeah, several of them. So movies yeah, that I think I, feel you. I can't watch 
I couldn't go a lifetime without watching. But if someone was like, it's got to be these 30. I was like, God, there's going to be some disappointed movies. And I was like, no, Tyler, they're not going to be disappointed because they're movies and they've already only, happened. Only me. <laughs> only I will be disappointed. Only me. And I may in season five be like, we're going to have to redo this. I've changed my mind. Yeah. We're going to I mean, and like when Beth was talking about her top five, she was like, you know, she didn't even have a fifth. She was like, yeah. I couldn't do it. Yeah. This is this is quite the task that that we have uh, we've done here. Yeah. So I'm proud of us. Proud of you. We did it. We got we got to the first 15. Halfway there. Uh, so what nerds, do you think of our list, people? Nerds, what do you think? Send us yours, even if it's just a top 10. We want to know what your top 10 films are. Top five, whatever. I think the uh, people who are more on the I am a nerd, I think might be more aligned with my list. But people who are much more like I am more of just an in general, I'm a cinephile. Yeah, Yeah, I'm a cinephile. They're going to fall into your list. Let us know. Email us, 30nerdypod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, one Facebook. You know where we're at. We know where to find us. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week for our part two of our fantastic fourth season finale. Cheers to you, nerds. Now come, come, one and all. Nerd up or shut up. Just answer the call to be part of our journey into magical worlds. Join us and cheers to you, nerds. Join us and cheers to ya nerds.